do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris and this is Paris. Hello. Wow. Thanks. No warning that we are just going into the episode. You don't I'm need just, anywhere. Listen, I'm just fucking around over season here. Season nine. Just fully <laughs> be on your toes. Okay? All of my little tentacle toes. Yes, exactly. Skittering. <laughs> this time we read How It Unfolds by James S.A. Corey, published by Amazon Original Stories in 2023. I have very much enjoyed reading The Expanse by Corey. So I was looking through other works by them, because it's two guys, it's a pen name for two guys, uh, and found this short story. Unfortunately, though, it had a description that made me think it was more suitable for TBC than for my own personal reading enjoyment there. Mostly because I was surprised that they got in on the short reads game kind of thing well you see amazon offered them money chris that's so that's really the crux of things here is i, <laughs> yeah. I want to know what made them go like amazon had to come to them with a certain amount of money for them to be like yeah i'll shit out 40 pages with my partner we can do that easily how much are you gonna give us all right yeah i imagine that must be what happened that's my best guess i like the expanse James S.A. Corey fan in general. I'm a fan of at least one of the two authors, Daniel Abraham. I read some of his other books. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty good. In any case, if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Sometimes we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. So we really do the opposite of what most people do when they are in a bookstore or browsing the internet. And typically, this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read, but once in a while, we actually end up liking the book. Today's show just includes our usual barnyard language, so nothing uh, nothing too crazy. Nothing We've been to getting about. off real light so far in season nine. Yeah, well, except for the longer one we're reading. That's sure. That's going to have some warnings. Yes, of course. But like so, like right now, is this is the second thing that we're... This is going to be hilarious because 181 was the first thing we recorded. Now we're recording 184, so like everyone's going to be like, you recorded what? When? Yeah, look, we had to, look, in order to find the will to continue, we often have to do these huge recording sessions at the beginning because it makes us feel accomplished, and then it makes the rest of the year feel less daunting, you know, because then we can space things out a we little We do a bunch more. of little tiny things yeah. and try to just try spread to, it around. Know, get our, get our uh, antigens all, <laughs> all up in there. The vaccine. It's, yeah. it's, it's terrible book season over here. Go yeah. to your local Walgreens. Yeah, these aren't live 600-page terrible books. <laughs> these are just little, <laughs> just little inert short stories. Just give us a little taste. Get us juiced up. Ready to go. Okay, here's the back of the book to pull you in. 
astronaut's interstellar mission is a personal journey of a thousand second chances in an exhilarating short story by James S.A. Corey, the New York Times bestselling author of the Expanse series. Roy Court and his crew are taking the trip of a lifetime, several lifetimes in fact, duplicated and dispatched across the galaxy searching for Earth-like planets, many possibilities for the future. Yet for Roy, no matter how many of him there are, there's still just one painful, unchangeable past. In what world can a broken relationship be reborn? The universe is so vast, there's always room for hope. James S.A. Corey's How It Unfolds is part of The Far Reaches, a collection of science fiction stories that stretch the imagination and open the heart. They can be read or listened to in one sitting. This is just the laser bookshop, just right to the brain. Yeah, like, ah, the yeah. ray gun bookshop. Like, yeah. just pee, zap, zap you with the, the short. I don't want to read a whole fucking book. I just got time for one laser beam to my brain. <laughs> beam it in. Anyway, characters and setting, and then you can do the summary that I wrote. Characters, we have Roy Court, who's main dickhead. Angela Farah is his ex-wife. Then there's, like, the crew that goes on these, like, duplication missions with them. And there's, like, this other possible daughter that shows up in one transmission in one of his lifetimes named Jessica Court. She's kind of part of the story in a way. And then one of the other crew members, Megan Lee, becomes, like, his other possible wife and mm -hmm. some of the things. And then just other crew members. And at one point, there's, like, a mention of, like, a space emperor. So that's kind of, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Paris, why don't you take it away with the summary that I wrote, which is hopefully going to cover the meat on the bone here. Yeah, so since we don't expect listeners to also read these potentially horrible things with us, because that would be cruel and unusual, we like to provide a little summary that is just our experience of the book, all the basic plot points, you know, the rising and falling action, blah, blah, blah. So you sort of understand uh, when we start complaining about things we liked or talking about or complaining about things we didn't like. <laughs> Complaining about things we liked. I feel like we still do that. Yeah, too. <laughs> so on brand. Also fair. Anyway, here, here's what we get. Here's what Chris has uh, cooked up for us. Roy Court used to be married to Angela Farah. So it's kind of awkward that they both got picked to be on a galactic survey team where hundreds to thousands of copies of themselves are cast out into space to try and start human society on as many planets as possible. Each survey team tries to get a foothold on a planet and send out data to other copy colonies to help each other out. By the time you get to a new place and your copy unfolds itself, you're receiving entire histories of failed or perhaps still surviving colonies, so there's reams of data and possibilities to comb through. The Roys we follow generally want to try and get back together with Angela, going so far as to bring copies of an engagement ring along for the ride to present to Angela. However, the low survivability thing usually gets in the way, but hey, some colonies survive. From these, Roy is able to see real data about how his life could unfold. <laughs> <laughs> including having a daughter, falling in love with someone completely different, also on the survey team, or even becoming godlike religious figures to the generations that follow them on certain colonies. Roy continues his, their multi-existence, unfolding slightly different forever. I feel like that got the point across. <laughs> yeah, I think so. In that respect. Okay, so we're still dealing with our sort of semi-new format here. We used to just mm -hmm. do things that were good, things that were bad. Uh, but then I have this terrible book rubric that I've decided to bring as an educator. You know, I have to. The true brick? I don't know. We have yeah. to come up with a name for it. Sure, we will. But I think we can still kind of do both in a, in a way. Yeah, like, so. you know, we can do things that are good, things that are bad. How does that fit into the rubric overall? I just wanted the rubric there so that we didn't have to relitigate a lot of points. Right. Like, that's generally what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, I want to start with the rubric, actually, in okay. this respect. All right, we're going to start. Because I, it sort of falls in with things that were good here. In comparison to a lot of other stuff that we've done, I mean, I think there's a lot of coherence here, right? Like technical oh, yeah. construction. Solid one. A solid so, plus Technical one. construction, yeah. just hard one. one. Hard one. Hard one. I would you say know, hard one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever in terms you of- You got professionals making a book. A hard one. Right. That's, they've written them before, it turns fine. out. Yep. And that just, I don't think there's much to say here yep. besides like easy one on the board for, for James S. Hard one. Hard one. Over here. Plot construction. That's It's also- Fine. Yeah, fine. I'd give it a one. I'd give it I'd right. Say it's like it's like... got the it, it's a it's a laser book shot, as we said. So it's just got the basic materials yeah. there. You know, a, a conflict of some kind, uh, something that keeps your interest, which is like, oh no, he's on the galactic it's, survey it's like team. It's like pixel with his art where you can like you can like basically see what it is, even if it's just a couple. Right, squares, it's, right? it's got the necessary cogs and wheels to turn a story to <laughs> yeah. like the very end, and you know, it's a McDonald's burger of a story right yeah, like i just right. want a hot story in my face i just want that la space laser story in my brain yeah so also generally a one there. there's not really yeah, any plot one. holes i mean you don't spend enough time with the unfolding concept to really no, yeah. you know get start to go like wait a minute how does that not make any sense And I, I think it's a good basis for a story for a sci-fi story right You're like hey we now have the technology to create all these copies of ourselves and send them far enough fast enough that this might actually be plausible to try to populate a new earth. And, you know, there's some there. It's sort of a bittersweetness, right? Because you're like, oh, we can keep humanity going. But then you're like, oh, fuck. But like, we're not all going to be together and it's going to be different versions of me. That's kind of a it's a weird type of sacrifice, I think. Existential right? crisis. On top of that, right. you can see your alternate selves. Like one of your alternate selves can see the other alternate selves and get real time data about like, well, what well, if not, you didn't shit your pants? In not always grade? real time. It's not real time. It's like. Yeah, not, not real time yeah. data, but I suppose like enough data of what actually happened that right. what if you didn't shit your pants in third grade, as yeah. I just said before, <laughs> like that could have been the turning point in your life because on Earth 27 AFB, you didn't do that. And turns out that's what made uh, Megan love you in the end yeah. because you didn't do that. And now in this yeah. one, you did do that. And oh, shit. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, pants. you know, it, it was sort of a, a different way to think about a sort of common existential sci-fi problem i thought it was fine it was a good basis but 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 it's about this one dude who likes the girl a lot that's <sighs> that's, that's a that's big sort negative of the, for me yeah. in terms of plot construction that's not a plot where like you and i oh generally... you're right you're right so i might this might settle at a zero for me then because that's a big that's a big demarcation for me it's just the romance like... subplot fucking get out of here i get when you're doing the quick book shot idea here and i i, I think james S. Corey probably hates that we're using the whatever his other the other guy was that did the book shots patterson yeah james patterson really oh. the james is just the, gotta... that i mean to be fair i do want to say the james patterson book shot was miles more horrible than this i think yeah, there's a little bit more content in it, but it's also stupider. Yeah, I would say. it's far stupider. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I, I just why do the stories about these crazy sci-fi technological advancements and like how that affects humanity and, and individuals always come back around to? But do I have a partner? But can't can I get my dick wet in every eventuality? Why is that <laughs> the question? Like it's that's literally the question here. He's like. Oh, well, we divorced in this life, but, like, 
maybe I can marry her in another life. It's like, why is that even on your mind, dude? You divorced a while ago. It, it had been quite some time since they divorced in the yes. current, in the original present Earth story. Yes. And I, I just think it's weird to be that hung up on getting your fucking way as a, of course, a dude. Like, you know, it just, oh, it it's, it's me such that a way. waste of the extremely amazing, fascinating technology. Yes. To just be like, but I'm lonely. Like, and like, not, it's not even lonely because like you would still have like friends and contact with other human beings, but it's specifically about romantic attachment. Well, and the craziest part of all of this is that. Because they're sending out these packets of people who have to, I assume it's like data packet that unfolds yeah. and becomes actual cognizant. It's like the light life. unfolds and weaves together. To yeah. You know, the whole point of this is, again, they're trying to carry on the human species. So a core component of each of these packets is that they're going to have to fuck. Why would you put the husband Why? Well on the team? Well, the, like any friction against fucking, you kind of want to eliminate, right? Like yeah. so. <laughs> so, but here, but the thing is, like, they all go into this mission knowing they're gonna have to procreate with their colleagues. That's like part of the the sign on notice is like, hey, you got to be down with being a baby machine in space. Which, like, fuck that. That sounds terrible. But like, there is one point in the book where they're like, why don't they just send all females and a bunch of sperm? Yeah, fair point. Yeah, honestly. that's honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so it's a it's a clear component that these other selves are going to have to procreate with probably people that they're not romantically invested in. But that does also open up the possibility of many other potential romances. So why are you still hung up on your ex-wife, Roy? <laughs> I suppose then that tries to wrap in the point of the of the expedition. Like it is sort of romance based because they have to procreate, but. Again, it also just doesn't make sense to put two but people a, on the team. A, that's a practical that, concern. I, yes. Because it, it's not really about romance. It's about fucking, which, you know, sometimes leads to romance, right? So I, I get that aspect. But, yeah, why would you? Why would you put the ex-couple together on that? Because, you, you again, you want to eliminate any. Unless you're like, well, they already fucked. So, like, they'll do it, like, eventually. Or they'll just supervise the other fucking and be like, no, all right, we divorced. We can tell you what you're doing wrong. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, but we're the... Third party the counselors, <laughs> sex counselors, on space. Why, sex why, counselors. Yeah, they don't really go into like who they sent, like what types of people they sent on no. the mission to. So, like, I would suppose that could be deeper lore that we that we eventually get into. Anyway, plot construction. Then I suppose a zero. Yeah, where it's like yeah. it's an uninteresting plot to us. It's a squandering of what you could have done. I think that's the perfect way to put it. It is a squandering of what could have been. A or great plot. is the view that like the romance angle is the cheap, easy way to get people invested in the short story where you don't have to put that much effort into laying out all the like the interwoven things because like oh they they were in love, so you don't have to think too hard. That's why you can condense it into like a thirty-seven page book. Is that the move, really? I mean, that's obviously why they did it, but I. I just feel I don't like that. No, I don't either because there are (laughs) you can write a compelling story without romance. I'm going to scream this for as long as this podcast exists. I I agree. Or you can write a romance that's maybe unconventional, right? Like there are other ways to do this. It would have been way cooler if he, you know, if they had spent more time fleshing out the end, which spoiler for this stupid thing. Spoiler, the ending is actually not that he and his ex-wife end up together, which I was very concerned about. It's actually that he ends up with Megan Lee in one of the possibilities and um he fi- and 
is it original? Original him? I lost out? track of who, which Roy it was at any yeah, point. I anyway, I don't think one it really of, matters that much. One of the extant Roys that survives finds out that in another reality, he and Megan Lee got together and had a daughter named Jessica. And, you know, it can be cool. You can have another partner and it's fine. You don't have to be hung up on your ex-wife. And he was like, you know, and then that Roy meets up with his wife and is like no it is the original one because they're like super old on planet earth by the time they get this information okay so yeah anyway so he's like hey og angela like looks like it turned out okay after all and she's like yeah i'm glad we're not married again too and the end good ending i actually yeah, appreciate I, that I ending. Did appreciate so that is a, that. a half a point but i don't think it brings it out of our three sort of yeah switch uh, scale. zero is fine just write down like it's eh yeah you know yeah we don't love the whole romantic thing being the central arc upon which things turn yeah usually. i was pretty worried that it was going to be like and then they were married again in reality 45 56 108 312 and 516 <laughs> and it always works out that way angela you gotta believe me where des it's destiny yeah, I, yeah i am very glad that that's not the turn that, that this is, took. that is very true but at the end i still was like why did i read this you know it i just it didn't do okay. anything for me. So well, solid zero. Yeah, zero. So one point on technical construction, zero on this category. Next category, moment to moment. This is difficult. It's definitely not negative one. No, it's not a negative one. Not negative one. I think there are some things that I appreciated and that I see in Jim's essay, Corey's writing from other stuff that you didn't love in the, perhaps this short context. This only was, this was like 35 pages after the, you know, ephemera. And I had to take multiple breaks because I was so bored. I just didn't want to continue. I was like, I don't want to. Nothing was catching my attention. This is a zero for me. Moment to moment. Okay. I like the bit where the two bits, two bits I really liked, they get a transmission from another colony that perceives them as like, you know, it's proof that they are the progenitors, right? Like, because they were and they have this historical record of like Roy and Angela and Megan and everyone else are like, they are literally our mothers and fathers. And like, we like, recognize them and that we know that there's copies of them out there too so like they get this like holy status in some colony out there and they kind of have to you know you as the reader kind of have to think about the roy that we are with contending with that idea that like wow actually like i am kind of this weird father seed of a lot of different versions of humanity what does that mean for me personally it's not like we ever dive into that i just like that they they, they drop that in and then also there's a second bit where it's like, I am the the, the Lord Emperor of this corner of the, the this unfolded Roy planet or something. And we failed over here. So take heart from us that like you can fuck it up. But at least we had a good time doing it. Like that's the transmission from the space emperor of the failed colony or whatever. And I think you called that filler, but I called that okay world building because it was one paragraph in a 37 page book and it just got me to think about like the other extant possibilities that are out there and i liked that i enjoyed that in the moment to moment but the rest of it in i was indeed here we go statement of diukavui exarch of lamos 513th of his name annotated translation as the ages of humanity civilization thought come to their end we are given a choice the empire graced by virtue blueness has aged past its apex plagues spin rotate when once youth and health ruled strife has overcome peace 
Decadence rises, degrading all that was noble and pure. As we turn to the future, the stars, the far planets, we are called, inspired, to consider the wisdom of our birth. Are we to gift the universe god provability with the seed of a rotten fruit or return to what was pure? The ancient light that shone on the land women was rich with question mark and that which was laudable grew from it so it is chosen by the exarch that the original seed be re-sown uprooted let the ages forget us who had the chance at question mark and fell short all praise to the ancestors may their newer children serve them better than we have so again sort of like this one weird failed colony that had to, had to be like translated because generations upon generations happened and it ended up real weird and there was an exarch out there i like yeah. that i like that little bit man that's that's neat to think about this was so short though that it just came across as comic booky like comical rather than I, serious yeah and that's why I, I there wasn't any gravity for that it just was kind of silly it was like oh was a that... little gravity i felt like a little a little small orbit happening around. i didn't feel any pull okay none for me so i mean okay do you have any other points against it moment to moment I yeah I you know what I was going through my notes just now, and I forgot about the the romance part and some of the parts where Roy is like thinking about women and love are just cringy as all fuck. There is a point where he is reminiscing about when he and like Roy Prime, let's say, is reminiscing with when he first met Angela. They met the first semester of college like in the fall so they, they were 18 when they met presumably and they date for five weeks fucked once and he is giving her a fucking speech about how they gotta get married he says you can think i'm joking about stuff you can turn me down i will take no for an answer but i'm gonna ask and i think you're gonna say yes our odds aren't going to get much better with other people you like me i like you we're good together we should do it and he just he's just like pestering her to get married and she eventually relents but then they have this like horrible marriage that doesn't work out and surprise I, surprise yeah right and there are other times where he <sighs> the way this just stinks it's the stench <laughs> of like man want woman is just so i will strong agree wrong in this and i yes. really hate that that whole like Oh, if I'm persistent, I'm gonna get what I want. And like, I'm I want to make this woman marry me at 18. Like, y'all, that is young. And this what this isn't like the distant past. This is the future. So it's not like you can say like, oh, well, things back then were different. Like, no. Also, I mean, you could argue that the point of the story is Roy coming around to realizing like that was a bad choice, and I actually there are other possibilities that I should have considered. Yeah, but think about how much it took. True. Yeah. Even in the future. You literally had to see it from like play out in a million ways and he had to have like provable yeah. video evidence of you had a daughter with Megan and it was also fine. Don't fucking sweat it that hard, dude. It's not just this one person that you have a chance with. I suppose that is the point of the story, right? right it's like right. you don't have – it's not as – you don't have to do it just because it works. But I agree that – He's not a very likable character and when you only got 35 pages uh... – I, I'm try putting this in James S.A. Corey's favor that their their whole point here is to try to say, like, hey, being that way 
is bad. Yeah. Where you're yeah. so locked into like there is only one way to be. Yeah. You want to see like there's a many possibilities for how things could unfold. <laughs> so I don't you need that stench of man want woman in there. But I don't like that man want woman. Actually, it's fine if you have other woman is the is the way well, it's presented. Yeah. And I also just never get it never really drives home that point. I feel like it's left a little unfinished. There's like no dot on that eye. And I think for people who are reading shit like this, they need that dot real heavy and dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fill in the whole circle, guys. If you don't have the attention two. span for like yeah. over 40 pages, then perhaps. And there, there's just some lazy writing. Like there's a passage where um, Elizabeth, which is one of the crew, this is one of the transmissions that they get. Uh, this is the third anniversary of our unfold, at least by the calendar we brought with us. We're still only halfway through a local orbit, which means probably another four or five hundred days of winter. The hydroponic garden isn't flushing the way it's supposed to. Jordan thinks the higher gravity is doing something to the pumps. That's the most pressing threat to the colony. But the lava tube we expanded into last year is showing stress fractures. And Gabriel is refusing to take his medications. We had two more miscarriages last month. She sighs and goes quiet for 27 seconds. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. Fuck, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. <laughs> I, I can definitely hear the pained actor having to read that line and try to really deliver it. It's this is a line you have heard on every like episode of SVU or like, yeah. you know, all, I don't know, any network TV. It's just... And there's there's a lot of moments of that in the book that just made me go like, come on, guys, try. I know it's a short story, but you, it just because it's short doesn't mean it has to be lazy. Listen, Jeff paid us five million dollars to crank this shit out, <laughs> and he actually said the faster you do it, the better. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not. Um, uh... Okay, so moment to moment. Again, I had to. I got so bored, I kept stopping because I just, I didn't care about this. So okay, it's a, it's a negative. I would say, uh, it's zero, zero for me. I will agree, it's zero. Even the little nuggets that I liked, it. I also didn't feel compelled to really push forward. Only compelled by the fact, really, that I knew it was so short that I could do it in one sitting. So let's just get this the hell out of the way, which is disappointing because I found some books in the Expanse series to be very much. I want to find out what happens next. Let's go for it. And there's glimpses of the fact that these two can do this in this book. Like like I said, with those little bits about the space emperor and religious figure kind of. There's bits of what I like about these authors in here and what I liked about The Expanse, which I also think was squandered at the end of The Expanse. Uh, yeah. I mean, if the TV show is any indication. No, I mean, no, no, no. So the TV show ended in like book six and there's like book seven, eight, nine. And actually, if the TV oh, right. show kind of like cut off right there anyway, I think that would have been fine. I actually think the overall the book series should have ended where the TV show did put it that way. There's a couple of interesting things after that, but like eh, you could have wrapped it up a little bit. Better. Yeah, the, the white savior story arc, you'd spare me, you know. Spoilers for the kind expanse. Of, those kind of end up like that a little bit. Yeah. Really Jesus-y in the end. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Zero on moment to moment here. So currently, I feel like we're at a one out of three. <laughs> Moving to point four. Tereblo's presence. Oh, not Not here present at all. At all. He's, he's far yeah. and away. We're safe and tucked away. He's somewhere else in the void. He's unfolding somewhere else in the <laughs> void of yeah. space. So I again the question of like is this 
it's a it's a point, right? It's like a positive plus one on this one, and that Terrible is not very present. Yeah, I would give it. I would give it a. Positive. I never had to go to you and be like, "What is happening right now?" No, I didn't really ever say "huh" throughout the no, whole thing, no. and like the chaos levels are low, so I don't feel like we have to do much on this front except say like very normal, stable reality. Yeah, it's like nothing really like the all of our packets unfolded. Exactly. Everything was there. The all data of our received. Pixels were in the right place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one point there. Okay, should this exist? No. Uh, I'm, I might want, I'm not going to give it a negative one on this one. No, I, I, no. I, I, flat zero, flat zero on zero. that. Like, you could do this better. If yeah. it, I, This is also sort of the, we've rolled this into can we fix it in some it's way. It's not like the, it's not, I, I'm not saying it actively shouldn't exist. Yes. I'm just saying that, like, I don't know that it really does anything by existing, right? Yes. Yeah. Interesting concept. You could have dived deeper into some things and fleshed it out, and it probably would have been way more interesting. I'm just very interested in what compelled them to get into the zap it out real quick game you know what this needed was a novella not a short story yes if this was like 120 pages or 100 100 120 pages i feel like they really could have driven into some of the things we talked about that were good like emphasizing that this whole like man get way man wet dick you know is maybe not a great a great thing <laughs> to let your life become about. They certainly made the point in a way here, but very yeah, I, thinly. I don't, that's, I'm mixing yeah. my metaphors here, but well, and uh, yeah, I just wanted more depth. There, I mean, there's no time to get any character depth here. It's I didn't care about a single one of these characters. I didn't feel like I really could even come up with a sketch of them in my mind, I guess, except Roy, because he's the only one we spend any time But even with. then, the only character yeah. detail he has is sad about ex-wife. Yeah, and that's... That's not a... It's not a character. Know. Yeah, it's not a character. It's a it's concept. Not, yeah, and I just didn't... I was more interested in the technology and sort of the culture of all of the unfolding possibilities. It would have been way cooler... To spend more time with each one of these unfolded possibilities, right? Like these other planets or or to hear more about them or for the, you know, the prime version of the, the group to get these transmissions and like have to figure stuff out. I mean, yeah, I, I would like more of a. A group yeah. existential crisis about yes. seeing all the different possibilities with literal video proof about how you reacted in certain different circumstances. Yeah, and then we could have, I mean, it could have focused on more than one person and we could have shifted to different members of the crew in different realities. And they they sort of tried to do that a little bit, but there's just not enough time in 35 pages. Yeah, so um, this is a, another zero for me. I feel like yeah. th that this, is, this book is hitting most of the, like, just, it's not horrible. No, it's But it's not. also really not doing much except like kind of technically getting there. It's the wrong form for this idea. Again, it needs to be a longer piece. It doesn't need to be a whole giant three, 400 page deal, but like a hundred pages would have done it. I think. What, what compelled them to do this? Money, Chris. But how much, like really? How much, you just want to know how much they were paid. I, oh, yes. I wanted like, do, how, how do you determine like, okay, we can fart this out really quick. Is, is it like 400 bucks? And like, you know, okay. No, 200. no way. It's way more money than that. I mean, they're like real established. Well, let's, yeah, let's do a little because like they could probably do it really quickly, especially together. 
And how much is your author time worth to do that? And perhaps a little bit of your reputation here. Yeah. Well, they probably have so much money they don't care about that anymore. Uh, mm, I guess with the Expanse deal, yeah, it probably helps yeah, right. in, the, in that respect. Series, I'm sure. Amazon Original Stories. Single sitting reads from best-selling authors, acclaimed storytellers. So Amazon was like, we need to do our own book shots, is what happened, because they have to do their version of fucking everything. Is this to get people on board with the idea of shorter reads so that they're purchasing more? Like, that? oh, I actually kind of like it when it's only 35 pages and I don't have to think that hard. I can read a quick book on the train on the way home and go like, oh, that was nice. And right, I keep spending $4 at a time. There's a Margaret Atwood in here, Alice Hoffman, Sally Hepworth, Ian Rankin. So all How much are they paying? They, so they got like some of these Jemison, authors. I Dean oh, Coates, Mindy Kaling. So N.K. Jameson did, did one? N.K. Jameson, yeah. So I feel like some of these authors must be looking at this and like, I'm not doing that shit for Amazon until Amazon's like, but what about like this much money though? And they're like, okay. Yeah, I don't. So it's got to be somewhat compelling. And and I suppose the move by Amazon is to do this so that there's legitimized feelings about it. So then people start getting into the small read game so that you're doing like the, it's like, you know, like the mobile games, like Candy Crush. This is like the Candy Crushification of books where you're like, you just get a little hit. And then you're spending $4 for the next little tiny hit because Amazon has figured out that it's just like little tiny hits of dopamine that you need to get through your fucking commute on the red line. <laughs> it's fucking slow between JFK and Broadway again for some reason. And I guess it wasn't that bad yesterday. I'll, yeah, I guess I'll cram a $4 book shot into my brain just so I don't feel that awful while I'm going through it. That is what I'm imagining the whole crux of this is and why this exists. Yeah, I mean, It can't have been artistically satisfying for these authors to do this. May, I mean, authors do often have stuff just sitting around and maybe they've had some short stories and they were like, oh, I can sell this to fucking Amazon and make some bucks. Like, And then if, if people find those books, they're more likely to check out the author's full works probably if they like them, right? So... I, yeah, it's not all the sort way horrible. Sort of an exposure thing, yeah. isn't it? It's not all the way horrible or turbo bad, but like at the same, I just, it feels like you're watering down yourself. Yeah. At least in this example with James S.A. Corey, maybe like the Margaret Atwood one is like, holy shit, that's Margaret right there. And you get, you get just like a concentrated shot of her. So it's possible, I suppose. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like this new ecosystem. Yeah. Get off my lawn. I mean, I I love short stories. Like I like really short pieces. So, I I don't think the idea is horrible. But I'm always skeptical when Amazon is behind it. Right. You know? <laughs> always immediately. I'm the like, monolith. Yeah. Immediately, I'm like, what's going on here? What's happening on my lawn with the flamingos? Get off. <laughs> um, Give me a big thick book like we used to have to carry up both ways of the stairs to, to the, the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't just sit down on my phone. I had to carry my book with my own two hands. We had to roll those ladders and climb. <laughs> Mom, what are you talking about? The bookcase is three stories. It's like three shelves tall. I was very small child. I was a very small child. All right. Did we go? We're still not done with the rubric, are we? Uh, no, we are. Oh, okay. It, it seems we landed on two out of five. One point for technical construction. One point for lack of Tereblo's presence. <laughs> okay, all right. So, two out of five. You just kind of... That's not really a passing grade, I would say. That's no. like a D. 
Yeah, it's like a it's like a C. Ah, maybe a C minus on a good day. Sure. Yeah. I guess like you'll you'll pass the class, but yeah. professor isn't gonna email you to have drinks later on or whatever. You know, I gotta say, <laughs> whatever it did, happens in college, it made me never want to check out this author. Yeah, I, I not would, my I would, flavor. I wouldn't ar- argue that if you didn't love this, then maybe you wouldn't love. It. I think people should read Daniel Abraham's fantasy series. He's pretty good at it. I, what what was the series? I read uh, half of one series and the full of another. Um, the one that I half read, where I actually think the first book is fantastic, is uh, The Long Price Quartet. The Long Price Quartet? Yes. yes. Okay. The first Weird. book is A Shadow in Summer. Okay. And then the next one is like A, a War in Spring or something like that. It's like a little seasonal kind of thing. Yeah. I think Daniel Abraham does really good at like digging into emotional background mm, of characters. It good. didn't show its face here at all. No. At all. It shows up a little bit in the expanse, but when it's just Daniel, he's very good at that. And the other series I read was uh The Dragon's Path, mm. which was a pretty interesting fantasy thing. There was like it's not very supernatural. It's pretty just like medium fantasy. I think there's like a little tinge of things because like so not high fantasy medium. The, the fantasy element is that there's like thirteen different types of humans and some are like dog people and some are like like scaly people or whatever mm. you know. But it's not really like he gets that deep into it or anything like that. And it's like it's a world that was formerly inhabited by dragons, but the dragons are long gone and only all that remains is like their big castles and the roads that they made and things like that. Okay. So that's like the fantastical element, but. Uh, even aside from that, again, what Daniel Abraham does good in it is good emotional background and digging deep into why characters act the way they do and like you, you understand why they make certain decisions. I think Question. he's very good at that. Question for you. Do you think like James Patterson when he made the book shots, do you think James S.A. Corey has now spooled out into other writers that have been contracted under the name so it's not even the two ogs they were like uh, let's have the interns do these uh, i mean it's possible yeah i know i think daniel abraham was like a germ understudy or like not an understudy but like an intern that like helped develop some ideas like he's he's like a germ buddy oh that's cool yeah so that that's why like you see george r, r. martin's recommendation on the expanse because like daniel Buds. It might be Ty. I could be getting that wrong. One of them is. One of them. It feels like it's Daniel Abraham. I'll put it that way right now. One of them touched a George R. R. Martin. They were they were together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Anyway, it's sad that it makes you not want to read any other James S. A. Corey or Daniel Abraham stuff, perhaps. But I would encourage you to give a Shadow in Summer a try. I actually really yeah. liked it. There's just something about the flavor of the text that did, and that's not me. That condemning. is absolutely not what the flavor of Daniel okay. Abraham is like. Well, it's not the same. I do just want to say that's not me like condemning a writer. It's just that it taste is sometimes hard to explain, and there's something about the flavor of this story that really just didn't sit with me. I would say I have come to even prefer Daniel Abraham by himself. Mm, like his yeah. flavor is that different, and it's much more nuanced. Sounds like it. So you're into the you're into the A Corey. I suppose I to be clear, I haven't read any Ty Frank novels either. So mm-hmm. that could also be good. Maybe they actually work better separately. And yeah, like, who knows? 
somehow the expanse hooked me just enough to yeah, I mean, it seems like, again, I haven't read The Expanse, but I really loved a lot of the ideas in the show and how it was presented. So I imagine the novel has some redeeming, their novels have some redeeming quality. But I don't know. I just got too much on my back burner to, like, yeah. even consider looking at other yeah. uh, authors right now. Yes. I think yeah. book three of The Expanse is, like, a really great sci-fi mm-hmm. book. So Now I'm just thinking about the pile of books on my table. I got to... I got a Murakami. My first Murakami yeah. is on my table waiting for me. Okay, you might enjoy that. I've, I think I'm gonna not like it. It's Murakami is a weird mix of bland but interesting to me. Like somewhat boring, but also like a little twinge of like, but I wanna know what's going on. It's weird. It's hard to describe. Yeah, I don't know. I read I read the back and it was from my boss. She also is the one who gave me her copy of Perdido Street Station. So cool boss. Very cool boss. Love my boss. And she gave me Hardboiled Wonderland at the End of the World, which is the Murakami. And then I have the rest of Ursula Le Guin's entire Earthsea collection. I've read about a quarter of it. It's a massive thing. I brought it on an airplane once. Don't do that. Bad idea. Uh, it's a bad idea. It's considered a weapon <laughs> so, by the TSA. Yeah, it was it was a bad thing to bring on a plane. Um, And then otherwise, what else do I have? There's something else in that pile. There's a third thing. Perhaps so. it'll unfold differently in a copy of Paris's in another <laughs> Earth that's been sent out there. Tereblo has unfolded us into various dimensions you know, where he's torturing us endlessly in different <laughs> ways. I did kind of feel uh, like a group of Parisi recently because I had to record. I had to make myself a choir and sing all these different fractured parts to build this one really beautiful thing that a friend of mine wrote for an album that might be out by the time this episode comes out, but I won't curse myself and say what it is. <laughs> so we'll wait. Mm-hmm. But um, I, yeah, turned, and I was like, I told Chris, I was like, hey, have you ever wanted to hear eight Parises singing together? <laughs> I do, actually. I did very much want to hear that. Yeah, it was really cool. I really loved doing it. I mean, it was hard um, because all the, like I said, all the parts were very disjointed. So I was just sort of being a parasynth that was like, ah. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Oh, it's just the national anthem. <laughs> it's just this one line. <laughs> I would love to do that to sneak like a national anthem as uh, the middle line in a harmony, and then like obscure it with like the top melody. That is some true Terribles present shit. That is absolute horrible chaos stuff. The worst. Don't I should do that. tuck that into like a graveborn <sighs> melody, like Don't. harmonize it out where like the middle line is just. Anyway, we hope your year is unfolding spectacularly, and this version of you is great. So we it, hope. Hope it unfolds better than how we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be uh, we're in the mines. holding See, back up it, it, and going back to our home planet. Uh, to, it canceled I, the whole trip, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't keep this going. Uh yeah, we're gonna record more shit today, but uh for now, we will see you in two weeks in your present time. In our time. We're still we're here. Still here. Still, still recording. 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 Yeah, Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? 
If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com. I read. I wrote a summary for this, by the way. Oh, thank you. How do my feelings unfold? Sounds like a song. How oh, it unfolds. How do my feelings unfold? <laughs> I'm in space on Mars. <laughs> space on my own. I just how want... it unfolds. James S. A. Corey. <laughs>